1: Rapio Sepania Tefia Cesalia Pania Stevanti Vrehate Felia Pania suprenta <laughs> liba. Vrahate, Famaheita, Fretta maheita. A Frecalima camahaita, mahaita, maheita. Felimaheita, Fretta mia clouda. A Frecatemia maca clouda. line to come to clouda. A high to clouda. A Fella malamacatan to clouda. A Fretemius to clouda. A Famius to cloud upon you. Cloud upon you. For at least a cloud of glory upon you. Glory cloud. Glory, glory, glory cloud upon you. Every new opening of glory of cloud. Glory cloud. Opening, opening, opening of cloud upon you. For let me also come to host you. A friend, a friend, many hoster, many, many hoster, many hoster, cloud of witnesses, cloud of helper, Cloud, cloud, cloud Cloud, 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 host of cloud, host of cloud, host of heaven, host of heaven, cloud, cloud over you. For you have come under a cloud. You have come under a cloud of blessing. You have come under a cloud of blessing. You have come under the cloud of the promise. The cloud of the promise. The cloud of the promise. You have come for here is the Banate, Alita, activities of host. I believe of host. Help. Help host. Hosts have come to help you. For under this cloud there is great help. There is great help. And there are many many hosts of heaven for to help you for to the promise. For to help you and to bring you to the promise. I bring help. Help. For under this cloud. You are under a cloud. You are under a cloud. You are even under my cloud. My cloud of the promise. You are under my cloud. And I bring you. Bring you many, many, many hosts, uh, many hosts for to help you. It is the realm of the holy things, uh, it is that realm of holy things, uh, it is my realm of holy things, it is the realm of my things, uh, of my things, uh, of my things. It is I want to begin to commit my things to men. I have come to want to commit my things to men, so I bring you on under a cloud of where my things can come to you, of where my things can dispense, of where rain can come to you. I bring you under the cloud of glory, the cloud of glory, the cloud of glory. You are under a cloud. You are under a cloud for it is a different cloud. It is a different cloud. I bring you under I bring you under this cloud for to bless you, for to bless you and to make you see my way. To make you come into my things, to come to my things. I bring you great help. I bring you great help and I bring the host of heaven for to help you under this cloud.
2: Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Thank you
0: Father. father <clears throat> Oh. Enter, 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 oh. Enter, oh. Enter, oh. thank you
2: thank enter, you enter, thank enter. you thank you thank you thank you Jesus thank you yes let's hear that it's an interpretation for that thank you Adam <inaudible> Prefetania
1: pariasopania fe catania la pariosha. Fati falicata, feli a friend of me costa frame, a taria poste branteligata, grant you access, and the message to grant you access, Vretoso print you also print you, Alacantia Fantio grant you access, for we have come to grant you access. There's been an open door, open door for to come even into the land of inheritance, to come even into the land of inheritance. Inheritance, the land of inheritance. Even the land that is flowing with milk and honey for your soul. It's open to you. It is open. It is open. And we will lead you in the way. We will lead you in the way. It is by leading. It is by our leading. It is by leading. For it is a great door of leading. It is the great door of leading of the spirit. We've come to open the door. And we've come to grant you any. Entrance. Your entrance is by your walking. You ought to walk. You ought to walk. We bring feet. We bring feet for to make you walk, for to inherit your land, for to inherit your land. For I have said, whatsoever the sole of your feet will tread upon, I will give to you. And as far as you can see, you will have. So begin to walk. Begin to follow the leading. For mercy has opened this door. So possess your possession inherit the land, inherit the land the land is open for you it is open for you it is open for you, for don't look at the giants, for your steps you're walking, your steps will overcome the giants your walking will tread down serpents, will tread down scorpions and nothing will hurt you so follow this leading follow the spirit, it is the great leading, the great entrance of the spirit, it is the leading of the spirit, for to inherit the land it is open it is given to you to take
2: praise Jesus hallelujah, hallelujah. glory to God glory to God glory to God amen amen, amen. Yes. praise hallelujah. Jesus let's see just quickly Galatians chapter 3 praise God hallelujah. Um, I was listening to Brother, uh, Yinka's tongues. So while he was the tongue was coming, I I just speak an inspiration because he was speaking concerning um, the promise, right, and also concerning the spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, in the book of Galatians, this book of Galatians was a kind of a special book um, because it was written. Can I have some volume, please? It was written to Um, the Galatians who were had begun their cause in Christ. It's very clear that every person who has begun the cause in Christ has begun a cause in the spirit. Yes sir. You agree? Once you have begun what? A cause where? In Christ. You have done what? You have begun a cause in where? In the spirit or what I'll call, you've begun a cause in the Holy Ghost. When, when, you, when we are saying spirit now, in the spirit, spirit, what we are saying is, are we not just talking of spiritual world or we say realm of the spirit. You know, that's not what we are going to. <laughs> that's not what all the prophecy is concerning. Actually, the prophecy is concerning. When we say the spirit, we're talking about the Holy Ghost, but in a sense, you must also see it not as capital S, see it as small s, even though it's capital S. But if you just say capital S, there's a way that that capital S, right, a Holy Spirit, has just made you feel like it's a person. Right? It's true that he is just is a person, but it's not just a person. He is a special kind of person who they can put worlds in. He is actually he's a person who can be a house, a habitation. You ask about that. The father lives in him. The son lives in him. They all live in him. God lives in him. Actually, the, the spirit of God is actually a kind of eternal habitation. Praise God. Hallelujah. What is he? Is an eternal habitation. The the Spirit of God is um, an abode, which carries where the, everything. The Father, His Son, they all live within that person, called the Holy Spirit. So, so if so if if he is a person, but he is also like that, it means that you can look at him and treat him in a personal way. Right, but you can also treat him like a place, like a, right, yes, and the, the scripture uses that kind of sense a lot. A lot of times, when they say in the spirit, they don't mean in the spiritual realm, <laughs> sometimes they mean in the spiritual realm, but a lot of times, they don't mean in the spiritual realm. A lot of times, they are talking about that person. Are you seeing this now? This is a very good example. Thank you. Galatians 5, verse 25, right, you see? It said, if we live in the Spirit, capital S, right, so this is it's very clear that this is the person of the Spirit. So if it's just the realm of the Spirit, they would have put small s there. But this is talking about the person of the Holy Spirit who you can live in. But you not only live in, you can also walk in so if it's a place that you can live both live in and walk in means that is it is a land is a domain is a world is a realm yes. <laughs> you see that that person called the holy spirit praise god Hallelujah. so that person of the spirit um, is who we are is the one who they need to they want to begin to make manifest to us and so when anybody when they say if you are in Christ you are then where in the spirit because Christ is where in the spirit Christ is in the spirit but you can have the person but not he have him or not relate with him like this as a place you can go into As a place you can live in. It's very clear that when they say live in, not this body. Do you see that? We're talking about Him being a place for the soul. That the soul can live in the Spirit, and that's in the Holy Spirit, and then walk where (coughs) in the Spirit. Praise God. So, so he's a special type of habitation for the soul. Now, when you say, okay, can the soul live in the spirit realm? Just what we call the spirit realm. Maybe where the demons are, all those evil spirits are. So yeah, say someone has left here, moving into the realm of the spirit. In a way, you can say, yes, that the soul can live there. But the soul really, when they count the way the life of the soul manifests, you, that realm of the spirit actually by itself doesn't have the properties to define a an abode for the soul rather it is it is actually uh, amen your 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 when you talk of habitation for soul there's special kind of natures in the spirit that constitute soul habitation do you see that now it, just in the realm of the spirit is it is more it's easier for your body to move into the realm of the spirit and live there than for your soul to move into the realm of the spirit Do you understand what I mean? <laughs> so when you, when we, what we call realm of the spirit, what we are just, when we say general where demons are all, like we're just talking about the realm where beings who don't manifest as physical flesh, earthly flesh, are. You know, so when you get to the realm of the spirit, you can translate a body and reformat a body to become spiritual, like Jesus when he was received into heaven. A cloud came and took him. Where did he go? He moves into the, the spiritual realm, which is not in the earth physically. So he has a body that can change format and disappear from the physical, right? And move into where? Into the spirit. The, the spiritual realm is, is a realm of materiality, but it is higher than the physical materiality, right, In, and such that if a kind, if a body gains some kind of power, the body can receive potential to switch its its, ex, its manifestation from physical materiality into spiritual materiality. When you go into the realm of the spirit, you see the person there when they've gone there but you no longer see them in the physical. Do you understand what I mean? There's a way that, that's what the Bible was speaking in Galatians, in 1 Corinthians 15. There are all kinds of bodies. Bodies terrestrial, bodies celestial. Those celestial, is not just talking of celestial of the physical. They're actually spiritually celestial bodies. Like an angel, for example. When an angel comes to the earth, you can see the angel can appear like a man with wings, all of those things. We just, we just, that is just how his own body picks manifestation in the physical. But how does it, that body manifest in the spirit? Maybe similar, in, but in a different way, not with physical things. But that body is powerful. It can switch between from spiritual materiality into physical materiality, like Jesus right now. Jesus right now is in the spirit, meaning that if you go and search everywhere, comb through every single square inch of the globe, you will not find Jesus physically present. I don't know, maybe he's somewhere, who knows, maybe maybe there's one holy brother in Saudi Arabia who who is visiting right now. It's very possible. It's possible. We don't know how many times Jesus might have come since he left. We don't know how many times he would have, he must have, he would have crossed that divide. Right. We don't know. Praise God. But let's, let's assume he's not here. Let's assume he's in heaven. But So it means that if you are able to move into the spirit, you actually see Jesus. He's there. In the, in the form which what his body takes in the spirit, seated there, communing with God, but at some point he can come and sit down, physically, and you will see him, right? And we know he will do that. The Bible speaks about the millennial reign of Christ, when he will literally come, he will come physically to the earth, you'll be seeing Jesus as physically. But our body is a powerful body, that has gained that kind of ability. Praise God. And that thing, every, every person's body on the earth has the potential to be welcome in the spirit, or in the spirit or in the visi- invisible realm. Praise God. He has the potential for that, but that potential has been kept. A few men, only a few men, Johnny, someone like Enoch, all that happened to Enoch was through walking they were able to transfer some properties into him for, to be able to make a crossover in bodily speaking not so now bodily speaking for some reason you ask me why did God take Enoch it's, I don't know Maybe to bless Abraham, as Daddy was teaching us, yeah. to be a connection. Because by Abraham's time, such kind of men had departed from the earth. So maybe God might have took took one. See, for God took him. Right then, what He calls translation. Right, see, for by faith, Enoch was translated, as Hebrews chapter eleven, verse five. Praise God. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found. Do you see that? He wasn't, it means he wasn't found in this place. Why? Because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Why do you the word translation? It? When you say translation, normally you're speaking of language. Yeah. Right? So translation just means you want to... Something that has a certain meaning, properties in a certain domain, you want to bring him into another domain, but translate those properties into this domain. So translation is not transformation. All right. Translation is not this this thing that happened to Enoch did not make did not bring a change to him. Do you get what I'm saying? And uh, who Enoch was before translation is who he was, was just translated into another place. Now in other words, what format can you stay in this, in this place? And this is one thing everybody should understand about the rapture, because the rapture is translation. Right, it's just translation. If you have lost in you, they will translate you with, what do lostful beings look like on the other side? When you <laughs> the medium of translation does not what, remove you know that image that you can just be anything anywhere on the earth the one you appear before the Lord clean in heaven. You know that image of, of white, everybody's holy before God. It doesn't, it's not that way Some guys can be in heaven they check. Their garment is not clean. It's, it's not clean, dirty, it's foul, as a stench. Those are the kind of the things that will produce shame in the, or in the, in the other world. Now, there, there are some differences between that realm and this realm. One of the differences is that this realm is a corrupt world. right? One of the, the first manifestations of corruption is a connivance for deceit and to hide the true state of things that was the first instinct that sin began to manifest let's let's tamper with everything let's so that we can be here and not be detected before when the lord made the way eden was a certain way eden would manifest anything right eden would do what Satan brought sin to Eden. Eden took it and grew it like a tree. <laughs> the tree stretching out branches, bringing fruit. Do you understand what I mean But when sin came, sin now began to change. Taught man hide things, cover yourself, cover your nakedness. That was the wisdom that yeah so so before, for, so you can see that. For that to manifest to Adam is actually out of an instinct. Now let me tell you something. If Adam had the instinct to cover his nakedness in the physical, would he not try to cover the nakedness of his soul when he's able to see something inside of him that is a bit shameful? Do you know that was, that was, that was the instinct that also made Cain leave God? The reason why Cain left what he called presence, because presence is nakedness. That's one thing about presence. Are are you seeing that? What what is presence? One of of the laws of presence is nakedness. If you're not ready to be naked before God, forget, don't don't even ask him. Don't, Don't even say, Lord, bring me to your presence. No, 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 forget about it. Just say, Lord, I will stay in the outer court. Or I will stay where in you don't you won't even come to the sanctuary because when you come to the sanctuary they start telling you prepare for nakedness, prepare every day. That's the, the cry of the sanctuary. To be to make you open and to na- naked before the eyes of whom you are, whom you have to do. Praise Jesus. Amen. So, so, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. That's Hebrews 4 verse 13. Neither is there what? Any creature that is not manifest where? In his sight. But all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do what? To do. All things are what? Go back to verse 12. Let's see verse 12. Praise Jesus. For the word of God is quick and powerful. Now, which word is this? The word of God. And that word for the word of God is the word of his presence or the word of the presence. The word of the presence is quick and what powerful. Is sharper than any two-edged sword It's piercing even unto the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. It means that this is to tear apart and to to bring division. Right? It's not, it doesn't accept a cloak. This when you are moving into that's why not every soul can can stay. When it comes to word of God, when the word of God begins to come, spiritual giants begin to fail. They begin to shake and begin to give excuse. Tell me why. It's simple nakedness, that's all. It's just nakedness. It's just nakedness. It's just nakedness. The, the, word, of, the word of Christ cannot make you naked like the word of God will. It cannot make you as what? Naked as the, as this, as the word of God will require the soul to be. Because it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is piercing even unto the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joint and the marrow. Now, why does it divide soul and spirit? The division of what soul and what, and do you know that, The soul is the covering of the spirit. It's actually, the soul is the garment of the spirit. The way the the body is the garment of the soul. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Now, one of the reasons why they need to bring about division of soul and spirit by the word of God, it needs to pierce deep into that realm of this division, is because... In the season of the word of God is a fresh season of salvation. Not just salvation of the soul. Daddy was teaching that in a measure. It's a time when they need to save, really save the spirit. Again. Are you seeing that? They must do what? To save the spirit. But to save the spirit at this level, right, has a lot to do with what garment the spirit is wearing upon which garment is the soul so in order to save the spirit you must first of all uncover the spirit how do you uncover the spirit is by this word of God piercing into the dividing and sunder of what? of the soul and, what? and of the spirit He must, must pierce through that kind that division and it calls it dividing asunder. Amen. What did I say? It's dividing asunder. The sense I'm seeing into this verse is that for there to be a change, there must be a division. For there to be a change, there must be what? For there to be a change, there must be a Another word for division is there must be a there must be a kind of definition. It's a definition. The word dividing here, you might see dividing as sword, tearing something. No. We're talking of soul. What sword means to soul? It's not like that brutal something. Sword means it's a kind of a tool of, it's, of the, of, it's a word, it's a kind of a tool of, of discernment. A kind of tool of judgment. Uh, yes. Do you see that? That's, so, I want, you to, I want you to see how the sword of the spirit, because that's what they are speaking concerning here in the book of um, Ephesians, right? Where did they speak about the, the Ephesians? The sword of the spirit, having the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, right? The sword of the spirit is the word of God. So, for here you can say the sword of the spirit. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is what? The word of God. So. It means you can substitute the sword of the spirit for word of God here. And you can say, for the sword of the spirit is quick and powerful and sharper than any word, any two-word edged sword. Amen. Am I saying something to you? Yes, sir. Are you sure? Yes, sir. Okay. So that means that the word of Christ is not the sword of the spirit. It is... So a person who is in Christ, you have been dealing with the Holy Ghost, but he hasn't brought out his sword yet. He has a sword. His sword is still sheeted somewhere. Do you understand what I mean? And it's the sword of the Spirit. Actually, to, they really want to commit that sword to you. But before they can commit the sword to you, you must have come under the sword of the Spirit. So, you're seeing that the journey to actually of being spiritual, which is the journey of being Christ, is actually, is actually a, is a journey to a, to a, a table, right? To a, it's a journey to a slaying, right? It's actually you would journey and journey and journey to a point to where you can be acted upon by the sword of the Spirit, the sword of the spirit makes you naked. The sword of the spirit is a um, glory to Jesus. Alleluia. It's it said the sword of the spirit piercing even unto the dividing asunder of what soul and spirit, and of the word of the joints and the marrow, and the inaudible is now explaining exactly what it is. Right, it said first. They describe it. How is it, if you want to describe it, it's powerful. It's sharp. Powerful. It's sharp. They tell you how sharp it is. It means that there are other two edged swords. It's not the only one. But this one is actually special. It's powerful. It's not just sharp, it's sharper than any two edged sword. So when you come, oh Christ, the word of Christ wants to kill me, wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's why this place, men just begin to manifest in this place, all kinds of, you understand what I mean? It's a kind of sword. This is the, this is actually the sword that Jesus that Jesus really brought to the earth. We said that they suppose that I came to bring peace, and they said, "No, actually, I came to bring the sword. I came to bring like, that is that there is a sword that is in the spirit, which needs to land upon the earth, which needs to land upon men. Until that sword hits men and deals with them, men can never be okay. There is no, there is, there won't be enough." of resources to really deal with the depth of man's fault. Do you agree what I'm saying? The depth of man's fault is beyond his soul. The depth of man's fault is in his spirit. But there's investment in covering the spirit. In, in, the, the soul has been worked on to be a kind of animated kind of garment and specialized technology to wear upon. Imagine that kind of thing. Satan killed the spirit, designed a wicked kind of garment, which is a type of a soul, and wore it around the spirit. And men have been like that on the earth. So so you can tell that God, as his eye in your spirit, that's where that's really at the end of the day that's actually one of the place where salvation is actually getting to because your spirit is actually who you are. Yes. So for your spirit to become Christ is the first great victory. That's why heaven rejoices. Every soul that gets born again, you don't know what has happened. By just by that confessing Believing and accepting the lordship, something they are able to quickly reach the spirit through the avenue of a type of belief. Right? Is a, is a type of of a kind of belief of a portion of resurrection, which is the first portion of resurrection that you can believe. Believe portion of, the first portion of resurrection that you can believe. In other words, the, the, the portion of resurrection that is earthly. Right? Because it's, it's earthly. It, ha, it still has earthly defined kind of properties in that kind of resurrection. It's this, the, I'm talking about the resurrection. I say, okay, we want to take you up to heaven. Okay. We have to raise you first. Right? When we raise you first, because for you to go to heaven, you must be alive. So they will raise you first, but it's not just they've not finished raising you. They just raise you so you can go to heaven. And that word for going to heaven means going to God. Using Jesus' brightness. No Jesus' demarcation of things are very different. What Jesus will call heaven. It's not what Jesus will call heaven is not what Adam will call heaven. It's not what men of the earth will call heaven. There are different ideas of heaven. Heaven, people think heaven is just the physical sky. That's their own. You can call it that, no problem. Right? Even if you ask the star, Are you heaven? They say, Yeah, we are in heaven. No fight. It's a type of heaven. Right? An angel will come and say, What is heaven? You see, where we live is heaven. They are also correct. It's also a type of heaven. So, so you imagine you are now seeing heaven in different form, forms. You know, I'll tell you that that thing called heaven has an actual real meaning of something called heaven. It's the mind of who made it. You have to go to find out what is the real meaning of heaven. Because that's the first thing he created. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. If he created heaven and earth, man, let's go and check what is really is. The wisdom of heaven, which we manifest, there's a spiritual heaven, there's the non, and the, and, the, and the physical heaven, sorry, the spiritual heaven and the earth, right, there's physical heaven and earth, glory to God, but based on what we are now seeing from the Bible, all of those things are description of true heaven, there's something called true heaven, so when you now hear Jesus speak about heaven, all your idea of heaven just goes to trash. You just, you just, you understand what I mean? <laughs> like when Jesus speaks, mention heaven, you feel like, is it heaven you're talking about here? Did you mean to say that? Like that, John chapter 3 that daddy has been teaching, right? After he finished speaking about all the nice stuff. Wonderful things, born of the spirit, kingdom, everything. I said, I've only told you earthly things. Yeah, hey, yeah. what will you do I tell you? <laughs> it means that Jesus' education concerning heaven and earth was very different. It wasn't like, <laughs> it's not that of the angel, it's not that of Adam, it's very, very different. Jesus had, because he has, by conversing with his father, he has, he has had a trans the mind of his father. He has drunk his father. Jesus was actually possessed with his father. When why you see him talking, it's his father talking. He, was like, he had been possessed by a being. Right? It's not just it's not possessing like evil spirits, it's possession by learning. You know that? Every time you are learning, something wants to possess you. What do I mean by that? Whatever you are learning, whoever designed it and kept it there for you to learn, his intention. Is for it to enter inside you. That's why he left it there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's for possession. Knowing, learning is for possession. Observation is for possession. Do you see that to come into the mind of the Father. So, so in Jesus' kind of mind, the difference between what we call heaven and earth are entirely different. Jesus Things about heaven and earth in absolute, finished, eternal, accurate, truth sense. True sense. What I mean is that there is a kind of habitation that when God sits and looks at it, God will say, This is heaven to me. Do you get what I mean? God made angels and He made a heaven for them. Do you think it's what, what, now heaven is an idea, right? For example, a simple example. You know, we say house, house, house. House has a simple meaning, right? But you see a guy build a house, giant mansion, right? Big, awesome, beautiful mansion. He will stay inside the house and be living inside the house with his family. Then one day his child will ask him, Daddy, can we get a dog? Then you say, yes, my dear, and buy the dog for the child then he will wake up one day and say, can we build a house for this dog? <laughs> then he will, he will now set apart to build a house in his backyard for the dog. Mm. Now, what he will build, will it be the house he's living? Not, he's building the house for the dog, but you can call it dog house. Yeah. He won't shape it like a house. It's still a kind of house. But he's building it for a dog. Do you understand what I mean? Yes, sir. And when you come there, they are both house, house here, house there. And as far as that dog is concerned, everything, this is, wow, woo, my crib. That's how the dog feels. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So that's, you know what, that's what I'm talking about, heaven. It's just, God just felt like, if I have a heaven, shouldn't angels he have a heaven too? Then when he made man, shouldn't Adam have a heaven as well? Why wouldn't I create heaven for them? So he would come from his wisdom of heaven. He will, he, will, he, will, he will manufacture a heaven for their type of life expression. So heaven is not one thing. But there is an actual, accurate sense of heaven, which is what Jesus was speaking concerning when he was saying all of those things. And we will not see that full sense of heaven until we see it Come from God, as the Bible, book of Revelation chapter twenty-one says. It showed me, right, carried me away in the spirit. Revelation twenty-one verse ten, to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending where, out of what heaven, from God. So, so the this, this city, is a city not in any heaven. You see all these things, even this Jerusalem earth has its own Jerusalem it's what they call another heavenly Jerusalem which is of the present heaven you see an angel will tell you we have our Jerusalem too you're not the only one who have Jerusalem but there's this one which is it's called the holy Jerusalem that will descend out of where out of the heaven the heaven the heaven of God praise Jesus are you seeing that so, to when they want to save a person, the salvation of your spirit, first of all, that first happened to you hmm, is the is partaking of the first type or the first portion of resurrection, right, which is called. The Christ. Christ is the first Christ is the first portion of resurrection. When I'm saying resurrection, I mean in resurrection in absolute sense. Resurrection, when you see resurrection as a, as a reawakening back to God. Right? the journey of awakening. You know, the soul must, must, because the soul has died many deaths, the soul has series of awakenings, but they are composed in departments of awakenings. Do you see that? So the first portion of a type of resurrection, when you say resurrection, it's like an awareness. Wow, you're not aware. Hmm, hmm. And I said awareness so first. I didn't even say knowledge. I said awareness. Because that's the first, That's the you want to check, the first sign of resurrection is awareness first. When you say you are dead fully, it means you are not aware. You are just oblivious. You are not just aware. You, don't, you can't smell anything. All your senses are dead. There's nothing, you are not perceiving any stimulation from a particular realm. Do you see that? So, it's it's clear that the first resurrection is Christ. Do you agree with me? But resurrection has two sides of it. Two sides, two components of resurrection. First, you must first come into awareness or to become relatable, able to relate. Then when they've made you able to relate, right? is to initiate your senses. It's to go to the process of, of making you, your senses qualified for an initiation. Do you see that? It's a kind of an awareness. Then, after the awareness, then, then you must now come into the education. You must come into what? Do you have the question? What do I mean by that? Every resurrection you experience in your spirit, you must learn. For you to say you have partaking of the resurrection, don't, not only the first part, right? <laughs> There's also the second part, which you must, you must learn. You must learn that word, that resurrection, of course. And the learner is the soul. Am I making some sense to you? So, someone, when the first point of contact through believing what happens? The spirit becomes what? Alive and by alive alive aware alive and aware alive and aware of what? Alive and aware of the life of Christ of the life of Christ do you see that? The life of Christ. Say life of Christ.
0: Life of Christ.
2: Praise Jesus. When you see someone just got born again, baby Christian, they've come into a kind of awareness. Something fresh just happened. It's as if a new world. They were just born as a baby in a world. Like you just give birth to a baby now. The baby doesn't know anything about... How does light work? No. But as soon as the baby is born, it can smell something. One of the first instincts baby has is the smell of the mother. Baby knows that smell. Begins to develop. After a while, it begins to respond to light. It doesn't know what light is. It means the brain cannot process those information. But the senses have become a kind of aware. Kind of awake. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say to you? Then, then after that. You see, the cause of birth is that awareness, initiation, then learning. The moment the baby begins to, to be to, is born, after some time, different phases of learning has to begin. That Don't just feel the, this world. Don't just feel the change in pressure. Don't just, after a while, you should be able to study it. Know more about the realm. After some time, they will teach you the child will begin to learn. The child will know when it's outside, when it's inside. He knows this is outside, he knows this is inside. Gradually, the child begins to become aware of the world they just came into. It's not on day one. Do you get what I'm saying? As the senses develop, the child begins to, what, to develop as well. That's the same thing. You got born again in your spirit, man. You came into an awareness of, is a world in the Holy Ghost called Christ. Do you agree with me? Yes. Then, the same way from a baby, how a baby moves from babyhood into childhood, is when child is actually the, when, the, the, when the child, when you say somebody is a child, right? or the beginning of childhood, is the beginning of instruction. That's what makes you a child. Simple definition of a child, someone who can be instructed, simple. You can't instruct a baby, obviously, but what, but what makes a baby, a person stop becoming a baby, to become a child, or from a babe to a child, is when they can be instructed. It means that childhood is for training. Childhood is when they begin to teach the child the world they've been born into. Right, they begin to teach you about the world. No thing, you, must, you have to know things now. You're no longer a baby. <laughs> That's how it is in, in the journey of a Christian as well. So when you've been born again, your spirit has been raised, you've gained some kind of consciousness, but they're not started teaching you about the world. But your soul must... So how does the soul partake in resurrection? It must partake by learning. Right? You can't... They can't raise you, and you say, ah, well... I don't, it's like a child says that I don't want to know everything, anything, just carry me, I want just milk, I don't want to know anything, I don't want to know anything, no, it is against the natural cause for a child. When a child is refusing instruction, the, child, the parent begin to get worried because the parent can see the future of the child and this child will have problems in this world you don't don't live here without being instructed you will suffer the if if you take if you if you have a baby baby is becoming a child you refuse to instruct them what will happen
0: huh
2: right what will happen if you refuse to instruct a child what will happen they become repulsive to the earth they become repulsive to the world. The world begins to reject them because they have not been instructed. Because they can't fit in. If you don't instruct a child, that child will not have friends. Take them to daycare. After some time, the daycare, when I will now call you and say, will tell you that please, can you can you what? Because they can't socialize. They can't you understand with other friends. They can't make friends. They don't know simple laws you can't always have you must share you can simple things like that there are laws of the world how to get by do you get what I'm trying to say amen so any person who refuses to learn the resurrection that their spirit has partaken of begin to be begin to become repulsive in the spirit after a while they will shut down the spirit realm to you they say that we are not ready they will shut it down we are not don't function here you, you, you function here by knowledge the way you live on the earth by knowledge you live also in the spirit by knowledge praise God but what, had, what did the enemy do the enemy knows that you live by knowledge, it's very clear so if the first thing it did is let's kill the spirit when we kill the spirit then he, he made sure that he does it, he didn't just kill the spirit if he killed the spirit by killing the spirit it means that the person has been born into his own world right but if you just make souls people born into this world which by killing their spirit and he doesn't train them, his world will repel them. he push them out. Do you understand what I mean? You won't be able to live anyway. Imagine somebody who's supposed to be a child of darkness, a devil's child. He's just telling the truth all the time. Right? In this kind of world that he has designed and created for, for souls, you know that, guys like that, man, they'll tell you this world is not for you, man. If you, go, if you go and work for a company, let's say a very nice company, right? Very st- nice company, everything, And you know? as some department you go to, they tell you, you can't be telling the truth it. This is not the kind of thing that we are <laughs> doing here, man. This is not a convent, it's not a church, it's not, um, praise God. They won't tell you directly, but you know what they're talking about, man. That those are not the laws that operate in the kind of world. Are you seeing what I'm trying to say? Praise God. So Satan is, made, is invested that, that once a person's spirit has died, which, which happens to almost every child that gets born, at some point their spirit dies. That time, the time when the the spirit of a child dies, is it they have just been born into a world. It's sad, but it's true. And every one of us, we had that birth. Every one of you here, there was a time your spirit died. The spirit that was alive when you were born, it just died at some point. When you move into the age of accountability, right, and because of what the world you are surrounded by, right, you through by surrounding the world secretly in your heart, there was no you didn't see any other option. You only saw only one person, who only stood be in front of you. In the way he does it, through his world and just told you I am your Lord and personal saviour ah. all you need to do is just <laughs> praise God just, just believe in me in your heart and confess me do you know what that confess hey, yeah 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 and every child makes that belief, that belief what is the belief it's the belief that to, to get by in this world Is where I need to be. There's a time that happens to a child when they are very, very small. And most children are defenseless against that. They don't have any other alternative. Just the world is programmed, it manifests to them that this is the way the world is. To live in this world is a way you ought to be. They will just see it. The heart becomes born. What happens is that their spirit dies and awakes in another world. In the realm of darkness. From that day, so they don't waste time, training begins. Training. And and God will be looking. What will God? God can't do too much. Someone has a child, would you say he shouldn't train them? That's what he will ask Jesus. Don't you have your own children? Jesus will say, Yes. Do you try to train them? Jesus will say, I try, but they don't. That's not my concern. (laughs) That's your. (laughs) Well, deal with your own problem with your children. But this one is my own. I have every right to train my own child. And there's not too much that God can do until, say, born again. Right? Born again. Thank God for born again. No, hey, hey, your heart. Uh, if you know the world, that imagine now. Now, think of, imagine being the child of the devil. I don't mean figure. I mean real. I mean real child. Like <laughs> legally speaking, when you check the documents in the spirit, that the imagine devil had document concerning you. That when he shows God, God can't do anything. That this is my child. I have the birth certificate. I, I, I can tell you the day, the time. I can tell you where this child was at the time when they were born. This is the certificate. And when he shows it in the street, devil cannot do anything. They must. They just have to watch. They just have to watch. Now, you need to know. Now, 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 now. Now, it should Now, now, now. What kind of a... What kind of God is our God? You know that that situation is where everybody gives up. When you see the birth certificate, you understand what I mean? There's nothing you can do. But you know, God is God is, is a different. Now imagine a God who has the mind, the boldness to believe that he can give birth to somebody else's child. Again, and they will now become his own child. <laughs> Satan never ever thought that thing. Do you understand what I mean? When he was counting the spoils of all men before Jesus came on the scene, he never ever thought. He are just happy. This is it. We have. <laughs> he just felt that. He just felt it's a matter of time now. Just need to finish the whole world and take everything from God. He has summarized all the matter. He has finished. Hallelujah! <laughs> Hallelujah! That's why he kept going. When the Son of God gather, he would just throw and come there. I'm just going to and throw up and down, just over it. What are you guys talking about now? Have you seen my servant Job? Yeah, it's your servant Job, but it's my boy, it's my son. And I have his own birth certificate too. <laughs> Do you see where the confidence of, of Satan was coming from? God knew that. He said, There's no like, it. you know, God, God is. You think God didn't know that Job in his spirit was the devil's child? but God is somehow. So you mean that God can use another man's children? Yes. He has been doing it since. Now imagine Adam becoming a child of the devil, and God will say, we know whose child you are now, but forget that thing. We can still do things. (laughs) Wow. You can say, ah God, you are irresponsible. Why are you going to go like that? God is some God doesn't have He doesn't believe in all those laws. That no, don't talk to another man's child, hey. No, no. God will say, when I have my own children, I will let you talk to them too. So, let's, let's both be talking. You <laughs> understand? And Satan knows too that Adam was God's child when God gave him ground to come and speak to him. So he can't believe it. God has trapped him. So, no, let's just be doing this thing. At the end, we'll see who talks better, who talks best. You know, God, is, God has one kind of quiet confidence. Eh? You, can, you can almost perceive it. One kind of confidence. Confidence. Awesome. Wonderful. He's not moved. He, 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 he already knows the end of the story. He wrote it in the Bible and gave it to us. And Satan is reading it, but he doesn't believe that. <laughs> Thank God for Jesus. He came to the world, the world knew him not. Came to his own, his own reason. Received him not. But as many as believed him, to them gave he power. To become the sons of God. Even toward them that believe on his name. Now, this particular doctrine here is talking about real sonship of God. Like I said before, it's a journey there. Praise Jesus. So, thank God that while we were without strength, in due season, in due time, Christ came and died for the ungodly. Amen. Thank God that Praise Jesus. Yes. Yes. There's a way for us but just by believing. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Believing. Say believing. believing. Now do you know that it's now, amen, believing, yeah. believing. I want to show you a little bit of the power of believing. Believing. Don't don't never ever underestimate, downplay, relegate, diminish the power of faith. Believing. 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 Right? Never put faith aside. Never leave faith aside. Never move out of. You know what I mean by faith? Faith living. Praise God. Hallelujah. Faith is the answer to one of the the power of believing is its capacity to make he who believes to be born again. That's the power of faith. Another way to describe the power of faith is that faith has the ability to Make new life appear. Do you you see that? Faith is what pushes life. Faith spins life out. It makes life appear. (laughs) Faith. Believe. You know, and faith is like, faith is the most native, basic, characteristic property of a spirit is the most fundamental. when you remove everything from a spirit don't you check the bottom is there anything left inside you at the very the coating of the inside container of the soul you know it's coated with faith faith is actually the most fundamental thing to any spirit do you understand what I mean power is faith do you understand what I mean so without faith so you see, when when Satan came, he came to Eden. He met a son of God there. He, the only way he could make another life appear in Adam, you must make him believe something. And you see, that was actually one of the power of the covering cherub, is that he has the ability to transmit faith by preaching. By that. He has the he was he's anointed like that. And he's been doing that in heaven since. Since oh preaching God. to him. Imagine, imagine someone who can create fit response from, from seraphims. Right? Maybe, maybe he's checking the Holy Mountain and he's seen there's a the, the dimension of a fire that needs to, to burn more. He knows what to say to seraphic nature to tune their. <laughs> That is, it was set upon the holy mountain you get what I'm saying that's the kind of what does that mean he's he's trained to call forth fire from nature fire of nature from beings so imagine and that that task is a high task in the spirit imagine the ability to handle a seraphic the vessel of a seraphim and be pastoring a a seraphim that was what it wasn't one of the most innumerable of them. Satan was pastoring them. Now how tight do you have to be in your nature as a spirit to do that? So it means that you must have all kind of gospels in your mouth, all kind of preaching, messages. Now imagine they will charge you over a mountain. and say, this fire must never quench. That's the task that Lucifer had over the stones of fire. <laughs> now what kind of a pastor is he <laughs> do you understand what I mean <laughs> any pastor knows that it's not easy to keep fire burning hey hey, yeah. <laughs> 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 some, some fire would have burned gone cold everything even you, you would answer say this one God is with you. you've secretly <laughs> given up Sometimes the mercy of God I will now, in maybe some of my angelic ministry will have to help that soul. Because you have reached your end as a pastor. You don't know the place to bring. You've preached all your message. That, the coldness of that soul has swallowed all the messages. You know what I mean? There's nothing that can come out again. You know There's as a pastor, you can be looking at your soul, you just know, you know, this soul is about to go. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm telling you bastard things. <laughs> and sometimes such soul can visit you, you can talk, you can laugh, barbecue, you share food, you're you, you, gist, and when you are looking at each other, you know. The pastor knows this soul is about to do what? And when you check his whole archive, there's no message for it. There remains no longer any message. So by that time, maybe... Two, since a month ago, or a year ago, or something, the pastor has already switched to prayer. Since yeah. Yeah. it's not what I mean by switch to prayer. If you're a pastor, you know what I'm talking about. Eh?
0: <laughs>
2: when the pastor has switched to full, full prayer alone, means that you know that all this message that you have, this soul, there's nothing. That like you can just you just see the soul is telling you bye bye somewhere. It's going to the world. You understand? So. Just human being souls. though. now if God puts put Him over them, it means there's somewhere they still need pastoring. It means somewhere the seraphim still need to be pastored. Zion is not a mountain you can leave alone by itself. Zion is a mountain that must be, that must be what must be kept that must be maintained. It's a mountain that must be tended to by the third heaven. Zion must be receiving visitations from the most holy, from the highest heaven. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm, trying to I'm, not, I'm not magnifying Satan. I'm just trying to show you who he was. No, not who he was, who he is. I'm trying to show you who he is that kind of being. So that's the one that came. Imagine now, now preaching to Adam. Right? It's just Eve, then Adam. Right? It's just imparting faith. Adam received faith to believe in that tree of knowledge of good and evil. The moment he believed in what Satan said that tree would do for him, he really believed it. Then, true belief, manifestation, disobedience of God, right? Do you know that if Adam's walk, or you can call disobedience a walk. If obedience is a walk, disobedience is a walk. If Adam's walk was not a walk of faith, nothing would have happened to him. It means that Adam did not (laughs) just... It's not that he didn't laugh at him and say this nonsense you are saying. You know, there's way he could have laughed at him and said, Look at you, sir. <laughs> you are painting this nonsense tree to me. If you just take it and bite it and eat it, see, nothing has happened.
0: <laughs>
2: where is this? Where is this sight you're talking about? <laughs> no, there's a jesting nature you could have used to eat the tree, but that's not what happened. Wow. While the message was going on, he was preaching to Eve. Satan wasn't really preaching to Eve. He knew Adam was hearing. But Adam was not even engaging. He was just in a corner listening to the conversation. Listening. As he was preaching the tree to him. A belief in what that tree can do. He really believed that this tree will make one wise. That this tree is good for food. That this tree can give me a shortcut into all those things. That is actually what gave birth to Adam. That's what killed the spirit of Adam. Is that fate? Is the fate of a wicked spirit who preached a different life contrary to what God wanted man to live? It, it, it registered as a fate in Adam to have that life. And what happened? His spirit disappeared from the from the family of God and appeared right in Satan's kingdom. Are you seeing the power? Of what? Of faith, 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 faith is key to resurrection, right? Faith is what fate. key to resurrection. Now, now, when you now see faith, this just what I want to explain the summary of my message tonight is when they are bringing faith to you now. Now, fate of resurrection, of course. You now see that there are two sides to fate, right? There is, like you saw it manifest with Adam when he died. Adam believed. But while he was believing, he believed. Do you see that? He didn't just believe, but... He then obeyed. Aha. Are you seeing that? He did what he believed and his obedience, he, he obeyed. But his obedience, that is initial obedience, was, was not only obedience, it was kind of a confession. It's a type of confession. One of the, one of the easiest ways to confess is to obey. Do you see that? Do you know obedience can happen very, very secretly. Well it has happened very very quickly. Obedience just means the it just means the the contribution of the will. Do you know that? Now I want to show you something. Can you separate the faculty of belief from the faculty of your will in your soul? Do you know that you can believe, but not be willing? Yeah. Do you agree with <laughs> me? Yeah. They're not the same. Belief and will are not the same. They are two different faculties within the soul that, that react to two different things, right? You can believe, but not be willing. Yeah. Someone who has believed might now need some power, yeah. right? What they call the day of his power, the people shall be willing. And then in the beauties of holiness, they must make holiness beautiful. Do you understand what I mean? So there's a difference between belief and willing. That will is type is a type of obedience. It said that if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. So really, when you say obey, obey really, you can't, but now obedience is like, seems big and like you went to do something, yeah, but really, really, <laughs> the real obedience is really will, it's really will, real, will tilts into obedience, right, it's what tilts you. When you are, just your faculty of belief is engaged, you now believe it, okay, but it doesn't translate in you being willing to do what you've believed. But the moment you can that, that experience can shift into your willingness, woo! Something awesome has happened. Do you, do you agree with that? Aha. Uh-huh. So they, to get when you get when you're getting born again, for example, like when Adam died, let's say when Adam disobeyed, he didn't just believe. After believing, his spirit has still not died. It is when his wheel responded, and Satan is a terrible spirit, right? He knows, he knows when the wheel has, has shifted to his side. He knows, he knows when the when the wheel has shifted, and he must have watched everything, just looking at Adam's wheel. And he once once the wheel has shifted, his message. He has finished his message. It's just a matter of time. It just knows once it gives, Eve eats it and gives to Adam, his will has gone. If if Adam was, was believed what Satan said, but wasn't really willing, he wouldn't have eaten it. Do you get? So another way and it what, what we call another word for will is confession. another way that Paul puts it that's the way he put it in Romans chapter 10 not only believing that God raised him from the dead it's not enough to get you born again you can believe it but not be willing there are people on the earth who are in death category but they are not born, their spirit is still not raised because they believe somehow in the resurrection but when you now mention Lord aspect hey It's clear that a lord that you only believe in is not your lord. He's your... What do you call him? He's your celebrity, right? He's like your... You chair chair him on, right? (laughs) Right? So for salvation... This is the the, the manual of salvation. He said that, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, he actually put the confession first before the belief. But we know that it's belief first. But, and shall believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Then, you see, he's now ordering it aright in verse 10. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, what happened? Confession is what... Made unto salvation. Praise Jesus. So that that what they call confession is what you confess is what you will, what you've you have you've agreed. You will is now involved, right? So confessing of lordship is agreeing to the yielding of your will to Him. Those are the two things that get you born again. You don't know what that will really entails, but you have agreed to the yielding of that will to him. So, and this can happen without anybody doing anything, but it's a kind of obedience, right? It's a type of obedience. Really, the first thing you obey is faith. Then faith, when you've you've obeyed faith, then faith will now prescribe further obediences. Are you seeing the... What are, that obedience of... I call it the first obedience. For, if you've not obeyed faith, forget every other obedience you are doing is religion. No, forget any other obedience you are doing if you have not obeyed faith. Really, the message of Paul, the gospel, is for obedience to the faith. It's the obedience of faith. Is let men can obey all they want. If they have not obeyed faith, they are still outside the, 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 the reach, the dealings of salvation. Do you, do you get what I'm trying to say? I'm, yes, I'm using a spiritual language, but you're so you soul so well understand it. Are you getting me? Yes, There's a way they will, you need to recalibrate your heart in a certain way. Check, check everything you are obeying, and check under them. Are they sitting under the obedience of faith? So, if you say, I'm obeying them, but are you disobeying faith? You, no, you can do obediences, and then you have dropped the obedience of the faith. All right? But, you are, but because all these other things which came around to faith initially might now have gained an anchor in your natural life. In such a way, your life is now arranged such that to just keep going, you must obey those things. But rather you have if they are not no longer sitting on top of the foundation of the obedience of faith, you are in dangerous ground. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. Do you get what I'm saying? Paul had to teach all these things. You know that was, you know, Paul taught those doctrines, aligning. You know, he taught Paul taught doctrine of faith, he taught doctrine of works. He had to now balance them. James actually was the one that really balanced it well. James was the one that said, I will show you my faith by my works. That really, when you are seeing my works, that they are actually done in faith. In other words, my works are not outside of faith. Every work I do sits upon, so every, you can call work an obedience, but it's not obedience that's sitting by itself, right? Say, yeah, a man may say that one has faith and I have works. Say, no, 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 no. <laughs> You can't. This one cannot have faith and this one have works. You can't separate them. Right? If you say you have faith and no works, your faith is dead. Faith without works is dead. It doesn't mean that it's not there. It's there, but it's dead. Right? It's dead. It means that if faith without works means faith, someone who has responded to faith with their faculty of believing, But have not initiated their will. So, in such a person, that faith is dead. It's called faith without works, right? But he says, "Show me thy faith without works, which is dead faith, and I will show thee my faith by my works." It means that when you see my work, you can discern my faith inside my works, right? Because the these works are works that are born of faith. So, it it, it actually means that faith. Faith is the, is the steerer of the wheel, of your will. Your will. faith turns the generator of your will. When, when you have faith right inside of you, faith begins to spin your what, your, your wheel, to generate wheel, the wheel response. If wheel is not being produced, then your faith is dead. Your faith needs to awaken. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So you see those two aspects of salvation, right? Believing, then confessing. So the, that initial confession is, is actually a confession of faith, a kind of a profession of faith, a confession of faith. Glory to Jesus. Yeah. But after doing the first obedience, that opens the door to further obediences which are for the responses of the word of the will of a person. Now, to put them together, this is what I'm trying to say. Really when it comes to the journey of salvation, right? The journey of salvation, it took believing first of all to cause your spirit believing, not just believing, right, with a kind of willingness to make your spirit rise from the dead. But after the Spirit has been raised from the dead, it means there has been an initiation of your will, right? That will must continue into the second phase of believing. Now, let me tell you something. When Jesus mentioned the word believe, and now you hear Jesus mention believe. Jesus is using an enla- a divinely enlightening sense to, when he mentioned that word, believe, don't ever think that Jesus is just talking about uh, just the faculty that believes alone. Every time Jesus mentioned belief, is also including the will. From his mind, he sees it as a full package. When you go and tell Jesus, Jesus how. This guy believes, well, he's not willing. He doesn't believe. We don't count such things as belief in our realm.
0: Yeah.
2: So, a lot of the statements of Jesus in that book of John, people misunderstand a lot of things. Right? For as many as believe him to them, gave him power to become the son. Are they just talking about... Just, I believe that he was raised from the dead. No, 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 it's, it's something else. Jesus was talking about the full cause of believing. Wow. For God so love of the world, I give his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Is that belief just, well, whosoever? <laughs> no. When Jesus said, whosoever believeth in him, this in him, He's not just talking about the first side of faith. He's talking about the fullness of believing. Yeah. What he called believe It's believing the way he believed his father. When he saw the way Jesus believed his father, it's not just, I appreciate what you are doing. I know, I'm not fighting that you are there and you are my father. I know you are. There. No, no, it's not agreeing. It's what I see him do. It's the engagement of his will, a constant exercise of the will was also included in Jesus' believing. So you have, when you're reading Jesus, there's so much about Jesus' letters that if you just read them with one kind of sense, the honest truth is that when you are reading, especially Jesus' writings, mainly, not just John, but a lot of the books of Jesus' teaching, the things he said, is that if you only have Christ's life, you cannot really know it too much about what Jesus was saying. You will get some kind of summarized kind of idea, but the light with which he was speaking with was he was speaking from a saved mind. There are things that Jesus, when he was teaching, said that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John did not see as important to record. Recorded a lot of his miracles. Recorded a lot of things, but maybe, they, maybe when he said some of the things, they wonder why did this man even talk like this? Like maybe the, the conversation with Nicodemus, for example, they, they they didn't see the need to record in such detail the way John was write, recording those things. Maybe maybe they were there when he was talking to Ningo. So what's this? All this, why heavenly things, they are born of water, born of spirit, all of those things, why is it necessary? So they may have left a law, it's because the way he was talking from, they couldn't trap the import or some of those things. He took a divine mind, like John. John wrote later, decades later. It's clear you can see when John wrote, the things that piqued his attention in Jesus' conversations were, were quite different. Some unique things, like some of those prayers of John chapter 17 that John recorded. Some of the other guys, they didn't feel, so, there are some things that they would just mentioned quickly they just summarised, but they didn't, they didn't speak the details about the words that were said. They must have given John grace. Maybe, maybe when John was leaning on Jesus' breast at that time, there's something about him and Jesus, you know. Maybe he just, for some reason, he was—he must have kept pondering on some of those words that he didn't get. But maybe later, when the Lord had illuminated his mind, ah, oh, he began to realize that these things are actually things that matter. You know all that Jesus said, "Things that pertain to the to everlasting life." And glory to God, what Jesus taught. Praise God. Amen. 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 I have to to round up now because of time. So in summary, um, well (laughs) this Galatians three, we didn't really read it. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Praise God. But this Galatian church, like I was saying, right? They had come into a place where, um, They, they were in a season. Praise God. Yeah. The enemy had begun to fight them. It, the, the fight was specific and particular. It was, it was a fight against their advancement into the spirit or not just their advancement their establishment in the spirit it was a fight against their establishment them being established in the spirit began to bring all manner of things against their against their establishment praise God verse 1 said oh foolish Galatians so that This kind of foolishness is talking about a wrong mindset. right? This foolishness is what? So it's clear that what the term foolishness is, mindset that has error pertaining to alignment with the spirit. Do you see that? That's what Paul just said. I'm not insulting you, I'm a a holy apostle. We don't insult, right? so, when you read this, you feel like, ah, Paul, you lost your teeth. You
0: are.
2: Maybe you, see, you feel like he was angry or something. He wasn't trying to insult them. He's just foolish. Just see foolish as a normal English word, not as an insult. It's just a, if you're a fool. In a, in, how would they find fooling? Well, imagine a pastor tries, imagine me tell someone that they're a fool today. Hey! Amen, but this was Paul. Paul is just saying that by every standard and definition that we know, spiritually speaking, you are a fool. That this is what the actual, most people they call fools are not fools. People who the world calls fools, some of them are the wisest people when it comes to spiritual standard. But in in actual standard of, of everything, this is who a fool is. when you are, it doesn't matter what you are wise in, when you are, you are able to calculate spiritual things and, and error, Did you get know I'm saying? There is some kind of error concerning the judgment of the spiritual that makes heaven call you a fool. This foolishness is not that they, uh, you don't know everything so you are a fool, no. It's not that uh, you so, ought to be spiritual giants now because you haven't arrived at immortality. Therefore, you are a fool. No. It's not that <laughs> you're not... You know, that's not what I mean. This foolishness, the particular problem, is a kind of thing. Many Christians are foolish today. I just say most. I'm so sorry. I'm not insulting anybody. Well, I'm going by this standard. Is this, fo- this foolishness is kind of an attitude about the spirit. It's a, it's a kind of attitude about the spirit. something is, is a nature that kind, kind of find a way to justify non-spirit life over the. Life of the spirit, and when they say fool, fool doesn't mean absence of thinking. No, for example, the Bible says a fool who saying in his heart there is no God. It means he has been thinking about it. It's not even just my nice heart. So he thought and thought and thought till the entire inside his heart, right? Yeah. Now, how much thinking did he do <laughs> before? You know, thought doesn't start from here. It starts from here. Now, before, I mean, before a fool, now. Entered inside his heart that there's no God. He has taught a lot. So foolishness doesn't mean you don't think. Foolishness is talking about the thoughts of a fool. Actually, foolishness is another kind of wisdom. that profess- professing to be wise, they became fools. Professing to be wise is actually a kind of wisdom that layers the soul into, into foolishness. So every wisdom that lures the soul away from the spirit is actually foolishness, is to make the soul foolishness. What foolishness does is it, it shuts the door of the spirit. When, when an anointing of foolishness comes upon a soul, the way it manifests is that evidences and excuses against the life of the spirit begins to rise from the heart. Clear, if there's nothing, they can take pen and paper and write them down. Clear evidences. Clear things against the life of the spirit. Why I should not only be focusing on this thing and doing this thing. Reasons why I must diversify my portfolio as a, as a person. Reasons why, you see, all kinds of reasons with, with points and points and everything. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Foolishness doesn't appear as just dull. Foolishness is reasons. The engine of the mind is that's working. That's, that's, the, that's how you know a foolish man right, his evidence is evidence against the life word of the spirit. Amen. So it's, it's also very clear that a foolish person, what makes a person foolish? They think they are just thinking, but they're not thinking. Someone is bewitching them. That this bewitchment talks about an influence of a spirit. It means a spirit is standing by them, talking to them, and painting the spirit differently, wrongly, blackmailing the spirit. See, all these spirit, spirit, spirit things, this way it's taking you to, is a spirit talking. And when the spirit talks, they talk with the evidence, with, with example. Okay, they will, ask, they will say, okay, okay, calm down. Case study one, look at that brother. That one. They will just take that brother to you. It will be a case study for a week. Week case study. Now let's look at his life. Let's see. What about the other sister? Look at that sister. Now, not, this, this, this spirit will now tell you, okay, I think that now the sister they will pick is the sister who you can see yourself in that if I follow this spirit-spirit path, in some years I will be like her. So they will now take her as a case study, say, okay, look at this whole thing that you are seeing here now. Based on all these evidences, is this the kind of a path that you want to follow? Has the spirit ever asked that kind of question before? Where the end will draw? Follow. Is that the then the spirit will now make you feel like I'm leaving it to you. Just your oh own. No, just you, at the end of the day, you are the one. Nobody will ask you any question. It's up to you. It's you get... very innocent. I asked mean, you, innocent know, spirit talk to you before. You know who those guys, if they can make you see one of those spirits, who they are. These spirits have been arguing against the, the, the life of the spirit for thousands of years. The same spirits, they talk to your great-grandfather, your great-great-great-grandfather, your, all your lineage, they've been talking to them, dating back to when they have mastery of argument. Since the Holy Ghost came down on Pentecost and they began to demonstrate Holy Ghost life. You know, Satan would have sent fresh boys. Let's go and study this thing. You know, we've never had this kind of age before where guys have Holy Ghost in them. In them. Hey! What is this? Holy Ghost, we know how he's been behaving. He come upon Samuel. Samuel will start talking, all kinds of things. We know all those behavior, but we've not seen this one before. How does he operate in men? So do you know how many evil spirits would have been inside those, just around, studying, studying? Okay, okay. New Testament folks, this is how they normally do it. At some point, things will happen in the church, they will do a revival, a pastor will come and preach the gospel, they will send an apostle to them, we will minister and preach and open all the Bible and teach and teach, they will carry it home. Then when they go home, the spirit will begin to talk to them. Mm. Okay. That's how they study ministry of the Spirit. Yes, they know where the Holy Ghost is coming from. Yes, they know how moves feel like. They know everything about all those things. These are wicked spirits who, and guess what? They follow people to church. They stay with you. Do you get what I'm trying to say? The, the fact that you are in church, don't feel like you're, it's only God that's here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be naive like that. No. You have spirits who have been fighting, they call it the way. They fought, first century guys, they fought them for them. Those guys resisted them. Then they started killing all of them. With anger. And when they killed all of them, they swore that no people like you will ever arrive on this earth. And it has taken the church centuries upon centuries arrive here again. You think they are sleeping? You think they are sleeping? Let me tell you guys, there are spirits who have been waiting for you. When guys like you will come and carry this gospel again, the gospel that Paul once held, John once held, all of those guys once held, they know how God behaves, you know, they are waiting for the generation. Do you think they are are waiting empty handed? Do you think they don't have things to say to you? They have things to say to you and those things will be legitimate. There are things that they've been planning for a long time that when they bring it to your doorstep, you will submit the gospel to them and say, take I'm so sorry. This is not, after all, it's not my father's property. At the end of the day. Amen. The Lord is going to deliver us from foolishness. Wisdom. I'm I'm seeing a a season of wisdom. I'll just be talking to the least of us, and I will be amazed by the amount of wisdom, you have. Know, you know, one of the signs of wisdom is perspective, perspective, you know why I said perspective? Because someone can have knowledge, with, if you have knowledge without perspective, you will do the wrong thing all the time, right, because for every part, there is a perspective that makes something wrong seem right. For every single one of you, there is a perspective that, will make, that can make you leave God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just with the right circumstances, at the right time, let that exact argument be made to you at that time. But there's a wisdom from above that comes from above. It calculates differently. Wisdom that, that can load your concept of the spirit with value. Tangibility. You know when you have wisdom, you have it's, a, it's, a, it's an eternal perspective. It, it's it's Jesus' kind of perspective. He was, it's clear he wasn't seeing the way other guys were seeing at that time. For him to be beholding the Father, and him, an, 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 an invisible being living in the reality that his Father he was seeing. You know, Jesus wasn't seeing, I don't think it was open vision he was seen to see the Father. He was seeing the Father with some kind of spiritual design. And he was able to hold on to that till he became all that the Father wanted him to become. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We know that you have so much more to say to us. You are, you are actually bringing us into the school of the Spirit to teach us, to lecture us, to train us, to develop our five-step. I pray that you will help us in the devotion, the, devotion the, the right right attitude for this time, oh God, to take us forward. I pray let your blessing, let your grace, I smell... The the shepherdic heart of redemption that is so powerful. I ask, oh God, there are as many who your heart needs to reach in this time to make partakers of this blessing. Let your arm not be short. Reach out to every heart. Lord, I pray and prepare us for a blessing. I will not just go home anyhow, but I will take these things with us. And Holy Spirit, bring them to our remembrance. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father. We give all the praise to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You between
0: the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. It will be just...